from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. Shalom and welcome, my friends, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me as we continue our series on Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights. In our previous episodes, we talked about the two miracles of Hanukkah, the miracle of the oil that lasted for eight days and nights when there was only enough oil for one day, and the miracle of a tiny band of priests and their faithful followers known as the Maccabees who defeated the most powerful army in the world. This week, we're going to talk about how Jews today celebrate those miracles around the world and how my family celebrates Hanukkah. We'll discuss some of the many Hanukkah traditions and how Hanukkah has been celebrated in some of the darkest moments in history. And we'll learn how these celebrations have inspired hope in those who so desperately needed it. As I'm sure is true for you, you have holiday traditions that are universally shared, some that are cultural, and some that are unique to your family. For instance, some Christmas traditions are universal, such as the singing of the carols, the beautiful lights, and the retelling of Jesus' birth. And then there are cultural traditions like Advent calendars and wreaths, or the type of food you serve on Christmas Eve. A family tradition might be a specific cookie that you make every year or special ornaments that you hang on the Christmas tree. It might even be how and when you open Christmas presents in your family. I can tell you that the same is true when it comes to Jewish holidays. There are some traditions that are universal and some are even biblical commandments. Other traditions are specific to Israel, or to the U.S., or to Spain, or to Italy. And then there are some of my favorite traditions, the ones that come from our favorite people, my family. One of my favorite Hanukkah childhood memories is a tradition I shared with my Abba, with my father, Rabbi Yechiel Eckstein of Blessed Memory. When I was a small child, my father really wanted us to feel the joy of the holiday in our physical being. After we would light the menorah candles together as a family, my father would start singing some of the traditional Hanukkah songs. He had a lovely voice and loved to sing. And as he sang, my father would take my hand and take the hands of my two sisters. And all four of us together with my mom would be dancing in a circle. Suddenly, in the middle of the song, he would call out, switch, and we would have to switch the direction in which we were dancing. We would be laughing, falling over each other's feet. We would continue dancing in the opposite direction until he would suddenly, in the middle of the Hanukkah song, say, switch again, and we would follow him, falling over each other's feet again, trying hard not to just collapse onto the floor. As you can imagine, within 20 minutes, all three of us daughters were in a pile on the floor laughing as hard as we could as the candles of Hanukkah burned in the background. I loved that shared memory with my father and my sisters and my mother, and it's so special to me to be able to continue this lighthearted tradition with my children. 
It's those special traditions that we keep that make this holiday so precious to my family. But it's also the cultural and religious traditions that our parents and grandparents kept and have passed down to us that also give so much deep meaning to our celebrations. Some traditions and commandments we observe on Hanukkah are the same for Jews all over the world, wherever they might be. For example, we all begin observing the holiday on the same day, the 25th day of the Hebrew month of Kislev, and we always end it at the same time as well, exactly eight days later. You might find it interesting that one of the meanings of the name Hanukkah actually points to this date. Hanukkah stands for Hanu Chaf Hey. Hanu means they rested or they camped. And the Hebrew letter Chaf Hey means 25th. It's a reference to the date of the Maccabee military victory. So on the 25th of Kislev, after achieving that miraculous military victory, the Maccabees rested so that they could dedicate the temple. And that's the other meaning of Hanukkah. In Hebrew, Hanukkah can also mean dedication. Another tradition that Jews all around the world share is the lighting of the menorah, the nine-branched candelabra at night. You might remember me explaining this earlier, but in Judaism, a day or holiday begins at sundown, not after midnight or in the morning. That's why when we light the Shabbat candles, we do it on Friday night as the Sabbath day begins. It's the same reason why we light our Hanukkah candles at sundown, because sundown on the Hebrew calendar is the start of a new Jewish day. We are actually commanded to light the candles as soon as the day of the holiday begins after sunset when you can start seeing the stars in the sky. And we do this because it helps us to fulfill the commandment of publicizing the miracles of God. As we discussed in the last episode in Hebrew, this is called Pirsume Nisa. We light our Hanukkah menorahs in front of our houses or in our windows facing towards the street so that all the people who are walking by can see them. This is the best way for us to share with the world the light of God's miracles. Though we try to fulfill the commandment of publicizing the miracle during Hanukkah, God does not want us to put our life in harm's way to fulfill this commandment. And so there were times in history when we had to hide our menorahs and light them not for the world to see, but just for ourselves. During the Holocaust, this was especially true. There's a beautiful story about a menorah in Therese Unstadt. This is a ghetto and a transit camp for Czech Jews under the Nazi regime. The Nazis used this camp to move some of the 6 million Jews who later died in other extermination camps. After the war, some excavations at the camp unearthed, yeah, you guessed it, a beautiful wooden menorah. It was hand-carved with a Jewish star and the words from the book of Exodus that was the battle cry of the Maccabees. Mi kamocha ba'elim Adonai. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? After it was found, historians started investigating how it was made and why. What they discovered is another Hanukkah miracle. 
they learned that the menorah was carved by Leopold Hecht. Leopold had stolen a piece of wood and carved it in secret, secret, secret so that the children at the camp could celebrate Hanukkah. The story goes that after he made it, he died right there at this Nazi camp. But his menorah survived. It was hidden for years by the Jews interned there and taken out every year on Hanukkah. They would light it under a bed so the children could experience the holiday. They could read the stirring words of the Maccabees and gaze at the light of the Hanukkah menorah in a world that was so dark. This light of the menorah actually gave them hope. It gave them faith that the world would one day be a better place. Sometimes we all need that reminder, don't we? And that's the reason for another custom that you will see in every Jewish home. During the eight days of Hanukkah, we light one more candle every night. Each night of Hanukkah, we actually first light the shamish candle, the helper candle. And if you've ever seen a menorah, you'll know that there's one branch of the candelabra that's taller than the others, usually placed in the middle of the menorah, but it doesn't have to be. That is for the shamish candle. So on the first night of Hanukkah, we use the shamish candle to light one other candle. On the second night, two candles. On the third night, three candles. All up until the eighth night when it helps us light all eight candles. Every night on Hanukkah, as you are learning, we light one more candle. And what does this symbolize? That we're bringing more light into the world every day. We're increasing the light in the world. Rabbi Yossi Bar Zavida, a Talmudic scholar who lived in Israel during the 4th century CE, taught that when we light the candles this way, it's to remind us exactly that, that our job in this world is to increase the holiness around us through our actions and through studying God's word. Just as we watch the light of the menorah getting brighter and brighter each night, we should never be satisfied with the amount of holiness that there is in this world we should always strive for more, bring more holiness, bring more light to the world. After we light the shamish candle, but before we light any other candles, is exactly when we say the blessings of the Hanukkah candles. There are actually two blessings that all Jews say every night of Hanukkah. And the first night, though, we say an extra blessing, thanking God for allowing us to reach this occasion of Hanukkah. Here's the blessing in Hebrew. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kedishanu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu lehadlik ner shel Chanukah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to kindle the Chanukah light. And here's the second blessing. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam she'asa nisim lavotenu bayamim hahem bazman hazeh. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who performed miracles for our forefathers in those days and at this time for us. After we light the appropriate number of candles for that night, we sing the beautiful Hanukkah hymn, Ma'osur. And here's the translation for you. 
My refuge, my rock of salvation, tis pleasant to sing your praises. Let our house of prayer be restored, and there we will offer you our thanks when you will have slaughtered the barking foe. Then we will celebrate with song and psalms and altars dedication. Honestly, I could spend an entire episode going line by line, explaining the meanings behind every word in this beautiful hymn. But if you've listened to the last two podcasts about the miracles of Hanukkah, I bet you can probably figure out some of it yourself. The last universal tradition I'm going to share with you today is one that you have probably seen. It's a spinning top with four sides, and on each side is a Hebrew letter. In America, it's called by its Yiddish name, the dreidel, and in Hebrew, it's called a sivivon. In both languages, the word just means spinning top. What you might not know is what the dreidel or sivivon has to do with Hanukkah. What does this seeming child's game of turning a spinning top have to do with a holy holiday of light? Well, as we covered in the previous podcast, during the time of the Maccabees, the Greeks had forbidden the study of Torah. But the Jewish children defied the Greeks and studied Torah anyways. Yes, maybe you're thinking this. When a Greek official would come by, they would slam their books shut and hide them, taking out the spinning tops and pretending that they were just playing silly little child games. We play the dreidels on Hanukkah to remember how our ancestors persisted in studying the Bible and keeping our faith alive. In Israel, the letters on the Sivivon spell out Nes Gadol Hayapo. A great miracle happened here. But outside of Israel, the letters stand for Nes Gadol Hayasham. A great miracle happened there, reminding us that the miracles of Hanukkah happened in the Holy Land. And of course, as with most holidays, there are unique and special foods that we enjoy on Hanukkah. You remember that one of the miracles was discovering the small jar of oil that was only enough for one day and miraculously burned for eight days and nights, right? Because of this miracle, Jews eat delicious food, which is traditionally fried in oil on Hanukkah. One of the most common foods is called latkes, which is a simple potato pancake fried in oil. On my Facebook page, you can actually find my video and see my kids explaining how you can make latkes really easily and delicious yourself. So go and check it out on my Yael Eckstein Facebook page. In Israel, everyone eats jelly donuts called sufganiyot. Other Hanukkah foods are more ethnic. For example, you might find pumpkin pancakes in Syrian Jewish homes. Italian Jewish families make a sweet fried chicken with cinnamon, and Spanish Jews fry leeks. Basically, there's lots of fried foods at Hanukkah. Every year, I feel like the holiday season starts earlier and earlier. I've been seeing delicious ufganiyot in every bakery in Israel for the past few months. Even though they are one of my family's favorite foods, these jelly donuts, we have a tradition that none of us eat any of them, no matter how delicious they look, before the first night of Hanukkah. Just like Christmas, gift giving is also part of our Hanukkah celebration. But in Jewish homes, we have eight nights of gift giving. In the U.S. and other places, it's more common to exchange gifts on Hanukkah, but in Israel, most parents actually give their children money instead. 
the tradition in my home, which is also something that I learned from my family growing up, is that some nights we give presents and some nights we give charity. My husband and I think it's important to teach our children that the holidays aren't just about receiving, but also, maybe just as much so, about giving. On certain nights during Hanukkah, each of my children get to decide what charity they want to give donations to. And it's such a powerful lesson for my kids to see that they have the ability to share the light of the season with others in a super tangible way. One of the other things that we love about Hanukkah being eight days is that we really get to do everything. Some people like spending Hanukkah at home just as a family. Some people like to have guests and some people like to celebrate with their community. Well, we usually do all of it. We spend the first day or two at home with only immediate family. The first night, we always make latkes, eat our first sufganiyav the season, and of course, we sing Hanukkah songs, and we spin and yell out, switch, just like my father did with me and my sisters. Yet no matter how each family chooses to celebrate Hanukkah, no matter what the songs are that they sing, or the favorite foods that they eat, or what traditions have become part of their celebrations, at the very heart of our observance, is sharing the light of the season and the miracles that have inspired the story of Hanukkah. It's a story that has inspired Jews and kept their hope alive through some of the darkest times. As we close our time together, I want to share one more account of how the Hanukkah story and the light of this season inspired one of America's greatest heroes. You might have heard of him, George Washington. It happened during December of 1778, when then-General Washington stopped at the family farm of Louisa B. Hart, a Jewish resident of Easton, Pennsylvania. General Washington was on his way to Valley Forge, where the Revolutionary Army was encamped, when he stopped at the farm for an early dinner. It was actually during Hanukkah, and as Louisa wrote in her diary, her stepmother had prepared dinner, including latkes those potato deep-fried pancakes. Before they ate, the family paused to light the Hanukkah candles. They started to explain what they were doing, but General Washington told them he knew all about Hanukkah and all about the Maccabees. The general explained to the family that the previous winter had been particularly harsh and unbearable at Valley Forge. The soldier had to beg from the neighboring farmers for food and for straw to keep them warm. General Washington was feeling particularly low on Christmas Day, and as he made his rounds, he saw that all the soldiers were asleep, except for one soldier who he recognized as a Polish Jew. This soldier was lighting a strange-looking candlestick and was crying. General Washington stopped and asked the soldier what he was doing. The soldier replied that he was lighting his menorah to celebrate the miracle that God did for the Maccabees, and he was crying out in prayer to God who had helped a tiny band of untrained soldiers defeat the world's most powerful army at that time. General Washington asked the soldier if he thought they too could be victorious, and the soldier replied without hesitation, Yes, the God of Israel who helped the Maccabees will help us to build here a land of freedom for the oppressed. General Washington ended his story by telling the Hart family how this soldier gave him hope in his darkest time. 
Before he left their house, Louisa's father wished General Washington the same blessing of the Maccabees and told him that just like the latka pancake was flat, General Washington would flatten out America's enemies. We all know how that story ended. General Washington became President Washington, and that ragtag group of untrained soldiers went on to defeat the world's most powerful army at the time. In Psalms 27, we read, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Can you relate to that? When the Lord is our light, we can always remember that even when the flame seems small, our light of faith is big. Just as one candle can light up an entire room of darkness, so too, just as the smallest amount of faith can bring about a miracle. Our God is a God who delights in bringing about miracles and spreading light throughout this dark world. Just like the Jewish soldier inspired George Washington with the light of the Hanukkah candles, we can inspire others with the hope and light of our own faith. This week, I invite you to share the light of your faith with someone you know who is struggling. Maybe it's spending time with an elderly neighbor who is alone for the holidays or helping a family who's going through a difficult time. The wonderful thing is as you share your light with others, your own light will grow stronger and you will be filled with joy and hope of the season. Shavuotov, my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.